the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. You know, when uh, Jesus was raised, when he resurrected from the dead, he took captivity captive so that the children of God could be absolutely captivated by him. So that our vision of him, our focus upon him would not sway, would not move, would not sway. So that we could look at him, look at God the Father and look at Christ the Son and we could say and live the prayer, thy will be done. It was Christ's life prayer. It was the prayer that he walked in. It was the truth of his mission here upon this earth. And in the end, it was the fulfillment of all that the Father had put before him. How do you pray? When we long for his will, we long for him. We long to be immersed in his activity, to be part of the ebb and flow of his life. We long for his will. We long for his person. Not just the orders for the day, but life for the day. That's what we were born to. When I say, thy will be done, I say, thy life be lived out in me. You know, you can live, you can listen to a lot of sermons. You can spend a lot of time studying the Bible and praying. But the more you do it, and the longer you do it, you eventually figure out that understanding and knowledge will not change how you live. Faith does that. Stepping forward in truth does that. We at our little fellowship here talk a lot about how to live the Christian life and what it means to live by faith. We talk about battle for truth and where it's really fought. But at the end of the day, it's just an understanding until we own it by faith. You know, our study in Galatians has caused us to take a really hard look at how we live this life. There are basically two choices in how we live as Christians. One is to walk in the Spirit, and that is the truth of you as a Christian. You do have life by the Spirit of God. That is your life. To walk with the Spirit of God is the context of your life, the truth of your life. Even though everything that surrounds you 
Maybe your thoughts and your emotions would deny that. But to walk according to the Spirit is not to walk according to the soul. It is to walk according to the truth within you, yielded to his will, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what thoughts are going through your head, regardless of where it leads you. Then there's the other way to live, and that is to live life according to the flesh, to live life after the flesh. And that is a state of delusion. It is to live a lie because the truth is your life is not flesh. You are spiritual. You're not fleshy. And when you choose to live a life according to the flesh, it means for you that Christianity is not lived by faith but by sight. And your relationship with God and yourself is based only on what you can perceive in the soul. If I can feel him, he's here. If I can understand the truth, then it's truth. If I can do something for him, then I'm active as a Christian. And, you know, this is what Paul points out in just about every epistle. It's the thing he takes on. That Christianity is lived out by the Spirit. You see Paul consistently pointing out, he spends a great deal of time discipling believers in this. Because if we do not choose to walk in the truth, then we are destined to live in the bitterness of carnality. That is a life that's limited by a superficial relationship with God. And it keeps us running back and forth between the church and the world, never feeling at home in either one. Carnality doesn't suit us because we don't have life in the flesh. We have life in the body, but that is not our life. It's physical life. Now, Paul wants to make sure you understand that. Because if we know where the battle for truth is fought, if we recognize it, then we can begin to appropriate what God has put in place for us to live out this life with freedom, with abundance. We understand the more we study the truth of these two choices, we understand that carnality is our problem. That we take full responsibility for being distracted by the flesh. We take full responsibility for what our soul is focused on. We take full responsibility for living a haphazard Christian life, a lethargic Christian life, a distracted Christian life. Because God has placed in us every available power of his own to walk in complete and absolute devotion to him. Last week we looked at Galatians 5.17, which tells us that the flesh and the spirit are in opposition with one another. There's a continual battle being fought between them. And the question is, how is that battle fought? How do we walk in victory? What do we believe about how we are protected? And you know, as I was thinking about these things, and as some of you know, we're kind of moving things around in our house, and I came across... I don't believe it was an accident. I came across an old notebook of mine where I had scribbled out notes for Ephesians chapter 6. It's a message that I preached some eight years ago. And for those of you who haven't memorized, I don't intend to preach the exact same message. The reality is that Ephesians 6 and verses 10 and 11 speak to our source of power. They speak to what God has put in place to protect us through the armor of God. They speak to how we stand fast in the truth and what that means. It is the final words of Paul, his conclusion, if you will, to the church in Ephesus, to the saints in Ephesus. 
Because he was about to leave and he knew good and well that as soon as he left, in would come the false prophets, in would come those people who would distract his people, the children of God, from truth. So he desired to, I say he, the Spirit of God in Paul, desired to secure them in their understanding of what it is to live the Christian life and how we are protected in that life. Paul ends the book of Ephesians with some parting instructions. And uh, as I just said, I thought that these would be appropriate to discuss tonight. I'm not going to dissect the armor of the Lord as so many have done before me. I'm just going to deal with armor and its purpose and what it means to stand firm. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11. And in these two verses, Paul gives us two commands for living in truth. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Paul writes, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength which his boundless might provides. Paul commands the child of God to live in the strength of your life. The life of Christ in you. He says be strong. He doesn't say become strong. He doesn't say make sure that you work to become strong. He says in fact as though you have everything in place to do so. He commands them as though they have every resource available to do so. Be strong in the Lord. Because they do. They do. Colossians 2.6 says, As you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk. That means to live. Regulate your lives and conduct yourselves in union and conformity to him. So where are we strong? In our union with him, who is our strength, Jesus. Now, Paul speaks about Actually, it's Christ speaking to Paul. He says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. He is not referring to Paul's spirit. He is referring to Paul's body. He is referring to who Paul is in the flesh. The flesh is the weakness of man. The body is the weakness of man. And that is what Christ is referring to. And he says, my strength is revealed, it is made perfect, it is appropriated through your weakness. I hear a lot of Christians humbly saying, I'm weak, and I appreciate what they're saying in that. But the truth is, your identity in the flesh is no more, and if you try to adopt it, you are adopting the suit of a dead man, and that is extremely weak. Your body is weak. Your body is weak not only in in its physical person, but it's also weak in its ability to resist the temptations of the enemy. What what I keep telling you, and, and I know you understand this, that every temptation that the enemy brings to you, he doesn't bring to your spirit, does he? He walks it right up to your flesh. It's the only place you can be tempted. In the body. The temptations of the body. In the flesh. You're weak. So how do we resist temptation? We move from the thought. We move away from the idea. We move away from the temptation to see ourselves as flesh and recognize who we are in spirit. Because in Christ, there is no temptation. Appropriate the truth by faith and be strong. Own the truth of his strength in you. Look at how the Amplified 
defined it. It reads, be empowered or draw your strength from your union with him. Draw your strength from him as a branch draws strength from the vine internally. You know, the Christian idea, many Christians' idea of getting strength from the Lord is a topical application that God sends you strength. Let me tell you something. This is what's going to be made clear to you. He is your strength. We don't have to ask God for strength, and I've heard people pray that a lot, and I understand the heart behind it. But it is unbelieving because you have been given all the strength of God in Christ at the center of your being. You would not even be alive or drawing breath except that the power of God is holding you. Do not think for one minute that you can somehow get God to apply more of His strength to you when you are carrying the very life of His Son within you. The Word becoming flesh in you. The same Word that spoke everything into being. And nothing was created except that He spoke it. Now be strong is the command. This is how we are to live as Christians. It is the distinction between flesh and spirit. Flesh is weak. Spirit is strong. Flesh is the body. It is the cravings of the old nature within the body. It is a separation from God. It is to be used, surrendered as an instrument, as a tool. A lot of people say, Lord, I'm just your tool. I'm just... No, your flesh is. Your body is. You are a child of God. And if I say to my son, I love you, but you're just my tool. Do you think he'd be appreciative? I don't think so. But our God has condescended to make us literally his own flesh, his own child. Second Corinthians 4, 7 tells us where the weakness is. It says, however, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel, that's the fruition of the gospel, in frail Human vessels of earth. What is he talking about there? Your body. That the grandeur, the exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. In other words, this right here, this body is not where the strength is. And if we begin to look at life according to the body... We're going to be fearful. We're going to be scared. We're always going to feel like we don't have enough. God did not give us life in the body in order that the body could be strong. He gave us life in the body so that his strength could be more readily seen in its weakness. If we see the frail outer vessel of our flesh as our life, then we will be looking to make that vessel appear to be strong. And desire others to have as great appreciation for it as we do. And you see that around you. Everybody wants to appear strong. What is it today? Everybody looks like a thug. You go to the grocery store, it looks like a biker bar. What is up with that? Why is it that they have to look tough? Because they are painting over the weakness. They think that strength is in the body. But it doesn't matter what you do to that body, it is going to lay down at some point. It's going to capitulate to the curse of sin. And the wages of sin is death. If we begin to try to, to make strength about the body, we will begin to veil the truth of us. 
not only from others, but from ourselves. And that's the sad thing about living that kind of life, that duality. Where we find an identity in the body, we literally veil ourselves to the truth of our strength, the truth of our life, the truth of His presence, the abundance of that life. We can only see what is strong within the flesh, what is strong about us in the world, what is strong in the things that we love. And we can only grieve over the weaknesses and the frailty. That's up and down and up and down. God didn't intend for you to live in such a way. Our strength is in Christ. Paul continues with another command in verse 11. He says, in, in, in a command to the Ephesians and then to us. He says, put on God's armor. God's whole Armor, the armor of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies, so that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Put on the full armor of God. Well, we got to take a stand against the deceits of the enemy. Well, what is the enemy about? What is the enemy's primary goal? To draw us into walking after the flesh. That is its principal goal. How's he doing? To draw you into walking in after the flesh. How do you see yourself? Are you appraising yourself according to the way you look? According to what you have? According to your prospects in the world? According to your health? According to your job? Are you appraising yourself according to the things of this world? Congratulations. You've been deceived. You are walking according to the flesh. And you know what? That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because even if you decide to be religious in that condition, you are just as far from truth. You will be veiled to the activity and the intimacy that God desires with you. Put on the full armor of God to put off the weakness of flesh. The enemy is already defeated, by the way. His attacks cannot take life from you. He can deceive us and try to get us to quit living then the life that we have. But he can't take life from us. I want you to change your perspective concerning the armor of God. I want you to see it as the apparel of victory. The armor of God is actually the apparel of victory. The command put on implies a choice. We are victors in Christ, but we must choose how we will walk and what we will wear. And you know the truth of our life is that faith dresses the child of God. Faith is what dresses us. Now, I want, this is a very important principle. We are not covering up who we are with this armor. We are displaying who we are with this armor. It tells the enemy, the world, the things around us, the people that surround us. It tells them who we are. We are walking in the truth of who we are. Because the armor is nothing more than an external expression of an internal truth. That's what the armor is. In other words, what God is telling you is take what I have done within you and wear it without that you might be protected. That is the purpose of the armor of God. To bear testimony of Christ's completed work. In the armor, we are determining to walk in who we are. We are manifesting the truth. 
We are by faith displaying the strength and character of God. We are boldly declaring the victory of Christ over the flesh, sin, Satan, and the world. And when you walk in truth, when you declare that you're going to walk according to who you are in Christ, when you, when you decide and determine by faith to walk according to the Spirit, you're bringing forward a testimony that that weak flesh that you're wearing is not your life. You're bringing forth a determined witness that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let the power of God be the explanation of how you live your life. Jesus told his disciples in Luke twenty four forty nine that the clothing of his people would be power. Luke twenty four forty nine says, Jesus speaks to them. He's fixing to leave. And he says, And behold, I will send forth upon you what my Father has promised. But remain in the city, Jerusalem, until you are clothed with power from on high. They didn't get any more than you got. You've been clothed with power from on high. Why? Well, why did that Jesus wait to clothe them? Because they weren't yet ready to receive. They had to have the life within them in order to wear the life on the outside. The armor didn't yet fit them. The power did not yet suit them. He says, wait. Jesus is telling them, wait until you have the ability to wear and display the power and life that I'm going to put within you. Don't go anywhere or do anything until you're appropriately clothed. The armor of God is the exercise of the power of God. And to wear it is to walk in the fullness of the Spirit, expressing and displaying your union with Christ. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says, and it's, an, it's really it's what I was telling you earlier, but you are not living the life of flesh. Oh, wait a minute. What's this I'm wearing? Not your life. You are dwelling and living the life of the Spirit, capital S. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, directs you, controls you. But if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He does not belong to Christ. He is not truly a child of God. We are to dress ourselves in the armor of light. Romans thirteen twelve. The night is far gone and the day is almost here. Let us then drop, fling away the works and deeds of darkness and put on the full armor of light. And I want you to understand the works and deeds of darkness is not some huge, wicked, nefarious, ugly thing necessarily. It is walking after the flesh. It is living according to the flesh. It is actively working in the deeds of the flesh. And you know what? That can be teaching a Sunday school class. Really? Absolutely. It is a deed of darkness if it is empowered and brought forward from your flesh. It is as self-righteous and self-righteously wicked as the work of the Pharisees who put Jesus on the cross. Because that's exactly what you do when you live according to the flesh. You sentence the life of Christ in you to death, to silence it, to put an end. Because the life of Christ in you does what the Pharisees did to Jesus. It stands in your face in the hypocrisy of you trying to live to your own righteousness. You trying to create and live your own life. You trying to be the source of your own supply. The flesh can't handle that. 
So I'm watching the things around me and I'm getting angry and I don't like the way things are going. I don't like the way I'm being treated. I don't like what's coming against me. I don't like the way my my situation is. And the Spirit of God immediately reminds me that I don't have a right to be offended, that my provision is not in the circumstance, that my life is not in this world, that I can walk on the water. I do not need to be overwhelmed by the waves. But I don't want that. My pride rises up and I cry out, crucify him. Because I don't want to hear that. That is the deed of darkness that we're all tempted to enter into. Yes, there is grace for us. Show ourselves as children of light so that his life in us may be a revelation to others and salvation to those who are trapped in darkness. As the world grows darker, we are to be an ever brighter display of the supremacy and victory of Christ. We are in Christ. Colossians 3.3 3. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. You know that word hidden means buried so deep you can't find it. <laughs> That's what it means. You are hidden with Christ. The enemy can't dig that out of you or dig you out of it. He's talking about union. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. You know, and again, that's a threefold protection. Christ in you, you in Christ, and Christ in God. We are to clothe ourselves with Christ. Galatians 3.27. You may remember this. For many of you were as were baptized, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ, into spiritual union and communion with Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, have put on, clothed yourselves with Christ. Wow. You see, this body needs a covering. Apart from that covering, it looks just like any other body out there, which is a vehicle for the old man primarily. This body needs a covering that represents the truth of what's within it. Christ covers us with power. Christ covers us with himself. And how is that affected? Well, it's not effective in, in a passive, lethargic way. It's affected in a determined faith that says, He is my life, and I will live in Him. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006.